0: Hello and welcome back to the IUG Insider Podcast. My name is Matthew Nunez and I am your host. We're doing things a little bit different today. So in the studio, AKA the IUG headquarters, we have Mackenzie Evans, Community Engagement Coordinator. How are you?
1: Hey, hey, I'm doing great. Excited to be here and be a part of the awesome new podcast.
0: Awesome. So before we get into the episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Anchor, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. All right. So like I said, we're doing things a little bit differently. You might hear some uh, goings on in, in the background. It's getting late in the day, so people are kind of getting restless. <laughs> um, but I have you here so we can ask you a few questions about uh, IUG yeah. and, and how you got into this in the first place and uh, in talking about communities. So it sounds like that's up your alley.
1: Yes. Community engagement is my jam. Uh, so that's what I do here at IUG.
0: Awesome. So I think every good story usually starts at the beginning, right? Yeah. Um, so how long have you been with IUG?
1: I have been with IUG actually two years as of uh, May tenth. So I actually just had my two-year work anniversary. Congratulations! With IUG. Yeah, <laughs> your birthday, your I know, IUG birthday. I know. It
0: is <laughs> great. And so um, when I say community engagement coordinator, what does that entail? I know you do a lot of things, so it might not be such an easy answer. You know, I just do this, but uh, if anyone knows who you are, they see you doing a lot of things. So Uh, Yeah, what do you do do here?
1: What do I do? (laughs) Well, uh, so IAUG are our users of our our database, Um, the people who are in our network, if you will. That's what we call our community. So our community are all of the people who are using Avaya products or in the ecosystem of Avaya and interact with the association, which is International Avaya Users Group. So I'm looking at all of our members, our users, and the community as a whole and making sure that there are we're hitting everything as far as engagement. So providing opportunities for members to engage, collaborate, uh, making sure things like the website are on par with our member needs, making sure our events are on par with our member needs. And then that kind of... Um, has an umbrella over membership in our local chapter program as well and helping with board initiatives.
0: And so for someone who hasn't heard of IUG before, and might have a few people listening to this yeah. right now, that um, they might have found us one way or another associated with Avaya. So how would you describe IUG and how does, uh, how does that tie in with Avaya?
1: Yeah, so the International Avaya Users Group, or IAUG, is one of the world's largest international organizations for communications technology professionals. Um, The reason we exist is to provide a voice and resource for Avaya customers everywhere, internationally. And um, the goals, really, of the organization are to advocate on behalf of the needs of Avaya customers and partners as well to have that kind of feedback loop with the Avaya leadership and our members, and we also provide our own third-party training, industry news, networking opportunities, and educational content.
0: So, why, why do you think, so say if I'm Avaya user and I take a look at IUG, what would you say to me why it's such an important resource in, in your opinion?
1: I think the reason it's so important is because it's a versatile tool, if you think about it. Um, It's a tool that can give each of our user a little bit of everything and anything, depending on what they need or what is relevant to the individual or their company. So if they're simply needing help, uh, if they're launching a new project, if they are seeking volunteer opportunities, if they want to get professional experience, promote their company, network, or just simply stay in the know and get industry updates, IUG is the place for those people. So really at any point in someone's career, if they're touching the Avai ecosystem, it makes sense for them to be involved in our organization.
0: So you've been here for two years, mm-hmm. um, which really makes you a veteran, <laughs> yeah. uh, relatively speaking. And so in your experience of working with the community and the community speaking with Avaya, uh, can you think of anything off the top of your head that uh, you know there's a specific need of a community or they had a... They had to ask for a via, and you were able to facilitate that, or if you heard like the response from a via, like how does that give and take uh, work out?
1: Yeah, so I think the best example is through um, our committees. So we have some committees which are made up of of volunteers who who work with headquarters and kind of provide that user voice. And that gives us the fuel we need to go back to Avaya and the board and say, hey, these are what our members are saying. This is what we need to make happen. This is what we need to provide. Um, And so for me specifically, I think a great example is some of our volunteer tools. Um, We're a little bit clunky and difficult on our old website, and so we knew coming to a new website we wanted to be able to have things that were easier for our volunteers to manage. So that's kind of an association example. As far as Avaya products, uh, there's been several times where we've had members on a council call uh, with some of our technical subject matter experts and they've been having conversations and then someone will just perk up with a suggestion and then the Avaya champion who's on that call will say, wow, that's a great point, let me go take that back to the team. And I don't know if that would necessarily happen just in a general landscape. So I know those are generic examples, but those are probably some good examples, what we see the most common.
0: And so like you were saying, like your focus is on developing chapters and communities and growing the membership within IUG. Um, What are some recent ways that IUG is doing this?
1: Well, first of all, what we're doing right now is a great example. You know, we are looking at member behavior and needs and trying to listen to them in the field. So when I and uh, the team members go out to chapter meetings or at events, that really gives us a chance to make sure that we're on par and on step with what members need. Um, but we knew that we needed to update some resources and provide some new offerings in order to keep IUG relevant and our, and our members satisfied. So... I think we're better about providing content in all consumable formats. For example, the podcast, you know, realizing that people learn in different ways and that their time and their environment is constantly changing. So being able to offer our benefits on kind of a scaled approach, whether that's in a blog format, email, podcast, in-person, virtual events, you know, whatever it is, I think we're doing a really good job at providing all those different. Facets to, to fit needs, and then, like I mentioned, we rely heavily on our committees and our our board to help be the voice. Um, and we've recently done a lot of work on surveys and research to better understand not just our leaders and the people we talk to all the time, but just our average member. You know, what really do they need? And that's been very eye opening.
0: For sure, and so. Um Uh, have I engaged this past January, uh, we had a chapter lunch where we, uh, where we tried to help chapter leaders improve their chapters Mm -hmm. essentially. Right. Um, so for those who, who might not have been there, um, what are some ways that existing chapters can keep their momentum going?
1: Yeah, it's a great, a great question. So, I think you have to build an environment where it truly feels like a user group, and the best way to do that, I believe, is in two ways. One, finding ways to encourage everyone to get involved. Um, You know, not everyone is going to be very outspoken or charismatic or be a leader, so finding ways to bring in everyone in the ecosystem. So... I mean, I guarantee you everyone who comes to a chapter meeting, they're working on a cool project. They have questions, they have ideas, they have solutions. And so having an environment where it's very inviting and where people know that they can ask questions and share and to network with each other is very important. And that makes it feel like it is a user group. And that's where you see a lot of times when I go to meetings, you see light bulbs go off in people's heads where they start to go oh, I need to talk to you because I just did the same thing. Or you need to talk to that business partner because they actually have a solution for X, Y, and Z. And that's where you see all the light bulbs start to go off is when people start really sharing. And I hope and I think that people feel that when they come to our user group that they don't feel like they have to be you know, super experienced or have it all together or have all the answers in order to speak up or ask a question. And I think you see that at our conference as well and then secondly I would say to chapter leaders and really anyone you know don't ever get caught up in bureaucracy or or bylaws I mean rules are important we need to have standards we need to have processes but user groups are you know informal but professional and they should be flexible to what the users need, and that changes depending on what country you're in, Um, the products that are currently, you know, out in the field, um, what Avai is going through, that changes and adapts, and so I think having a chapter that can be flexible is very important, Um, and, you know, it's important to make sure that leadership change is happening, that there are Elections of some sort, where new people—you know, people who are new to Avaya—have a chance to get involved, and and that just creates a healthy turnover that I think every organization needs.
0: Yeah, and, and when you talk about you know being informal but still professional, um, you know, it can still be fun. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And so what are some examples that you've seen of different chapters of doing something fun as a user group rather than just like, oh, we're just going to meet at this office and we're just going to sit and talk about our process?
1: Yeah. So this is one thing I try to encourage people to do is to look at your meeting format and be flexible, you know, maybe. A couple meetings a year are more of that. You are just diving in technical content. You've got great education, and so you're hitting that. You're hitting that need. But then maybe another meeting is more um, is more about networking. So you're meeting at. We've had a lot of a lot of groups that have met at uh, sports events, like in Nashville, we we did the Sounds right. game. Um, Atlanta did the Braves. Uh, maybe you are at a cool local brewery. Um, So you're making it more networking, which maybe will appeal to not only a younger audience, but people who maybe they've been head down on their computer, working in systems all day, and they really just want a break and want to talk to humans who are going through the same thing. Um, So that's fun to see. Another really cool thing is when... We go to uh, customers who are, or people who are Avaya customers, and maybe they have a really unique setup. And so having the meeting at that customer's office or place of work Mm -hmm. where they are using Avaya products and and they can share, for example, um, in Texas, the... Um, El Paso chapter meeting was at a brand new 911 facility. And so for everyone to see how that 911 team is operating and they're using Avaya products, it's really cool.
0: It's almost like an informal field trip. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) It's like a professional field trip and people like that. They like to see um, how people are using things and it gives those users a chance to feel a part of it you know maybe they're not a leader but they're offering to facilitate hosting an event
0: yeah and in full disclosure i was a part of that chapter meeting and i presented about like social media and marketing and whatnot um so there's the event side of it and then there's the whole marketing side of it um you know what are some other ways when it comes like to the marketing or social media? we can probably talk we'll talk together yeah, about this. Um, what are some other ways that um maybe a chapter is maybe like petering out like they're having trouble getting it out there. Um, what are some ways that they can change from being a struggling community to one that's vibrant?
1: So there's a few things, of course. I think first of all, I would look at the meeting format, kind of like we just said. Uh, we've also had some chapters start considering, um, you know, quality or quality over quantity, that people are busy, they want to make sure they're getting good content, they're getting hit with a lot of marketing, emails, event opportunities. So maybe, maybe looking at your kind of event portfolio, if you will, and having instead of several smaller meetings or several meetings for the sake of just meeting, scale it back to a few really just jam-packed, super informative meetings that also have a networking component uh, or switching it up. And then that kind of helps your marketing plan because you can be more strategic and say, hey, this quarter we're talking about this specific product and then we're going to this specific networking event and you can kind of better communicate with your members. Um, I always say if you try to do a catch all and invite everyone to everything all the time, you're going to end up with not a great turnout.
0: Yeah. It just turns into noise from that point.
1: Yeah. And so being a little bit More strategic about your meetings allows you to be a little bit more strategic about how you communicate. And then utilizing headquarters, of course, you know, we can see we kind of have the big picture of knowing what information are people already getting. So maybe we need to send out marketing for that chapter meeting on Tuesday because, you know what, on Wednesday, they're going to get hit with this reminder, that reminder, you know, so just kind of utilizing headquarters as well.
0: Yeah, from from my point of view, uh, I started working with IUG specifically around October, November, ramping up to engage, and starting in January, we have released a blog every week, mm-hmm. along with podcasts. So, like if if they're taking what you're saying, you know, do uh, these bigger scheduled out events, you have so much content you can take from our website to have as resources for your group.
1: Yeah, I would suggest um, you know, we love we love having speakers come into meetings, but I would love for customer or leaders and, and customer leaders and you know, members in general to to feel that they have enough resources where they could host a completely user led meeting on their own just by reviewing our session recordings, our blogs, our podcasts, you know, taking that content and then spitting it out in a way that's relevant to their users. That's actually what uh, we have in some different countries. For example, I've been working with a couple of people in France. Um, You know, their members can't read or understand a lot of our material, but they do have a couple of leaders who can read and speak English. And so they're taking our content and then spitting it back out in French to their local users, it's amazing. And so mm-hmm. why can't we do that everywhere else?
0: Yeah, and I don't know if I'm uh, breaking any news or whatever. I'm not saying any specifics, but we're planning on doing that for more places. Right, like, right. I'm being vague about that at yes. least. You know? a little <laughs> vague.
1: <laughs> Surprise. Surprise is coming. Stay tuned on podcast to learn more. <laughs>
0: right, right. And, and so we're figuring out different ways that we can serve um Different audiences, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an English speaking country, you know, we're figuring out ways to get to you.
1: Yeah, and that's where the the international committee has been a huge help. Um, Of course, the majority of the Avaya users who are familiar with our association are in the States, but by no means are all Avaya users in the states and so we're making big strides we had 20 percent of our attendees at i engage conference were international and then we are picking up the pace with our international chapters Um, they're just they operate a little bit differently they have different needs Uh, not everything fits into the the same bucket and so those are just some unique ways where we're learning how to tackle it in that realm and then sometimes it's great feedback to send back to the states
0: Right. What might be working there could work here. So Mm -hmm. let's let's get the feedback loop going. Um, So let me ask you a question. So, again, been here for two years and you've really gotten to know the community. What do you enjoy most about working with the community?
1: It's a tough one. Uh, (laughs) I'll say personally, I really enjoy meeting people from all over the world and being an ambassador for IUG. I really believe in our product, if you will, Mm -hmm. and that we're able to help people. And so when I see those light bulb moments go off in members' brains or when I see connections being made at events, I just get really pumped because Mm -hmm. that shows us the reason why we're here and why we exist. Um, I think professionally, just getting the experience, you know, being in this position, I do get to touch kind of all different departments and all different projects and... Um, you know, I know I'm, you know, kind of young and I'm, I don't come from a tech background. I come from a totally, you know, nonprofit focused background. So that's Mm -hmm. where I kind of have that community management brain, but it's been so interesting. I've learned so much. Since I've been here,
0: yeah, and I don't think it's any like secret that you know there's a few people here at IUG who don't come from a tech background. Uh, how has that transition been coming from? You know, you've been working with nonprofits and then coming to tech. Like, how's that transition been for you?
1: It's been interesting. <laughs> so, as far as the managing, you know, things on the association, my background has helped. Yeah. Um, you know, understanding the volunteer aspect and how you know technically IUG is. A nonprofit, we're a five hundred one c four, so we just have a professional outlet rather than a cause-based mission outlet like a Red Cross or a Cancer Society, for example. Um, and so that is helpful. But as far as the technology, you know, just understanding more how wide the the industry is, as far as it's not just phones and internet and right. you know there's mm-hmm. so much to it and so it is cool that i've been able to be on some calls where i'm using different avaya products or when i'm at a chapter meeting and they're talking about things that i actually can connect with like when they're yeah. talking about how to block robocallers callers and spam or how when you call a contact center this is what the person on the other side of the phone is seeing and those are things i can connect with I, as a consumer right and so I just understand a little bit more. So things are slowly ticking together. Mm-hmm. And then when I hear examples about, you know, I had a really, I had a great um, kind of reminder of how technology impacts the world when I had someone reach out to me and say, "Hey, you know, my grandmother was at." I won't say the name of the hospital just in case, you know, they don't need to be mentioned. But my grandmother was at XYZ Hospital, and I noticed they use a via phone system, and it gave me peace of mind because I knew I could trust them, and I could trust their team. And I just thought that was a cool example. And then, you know, there's a lot of cool things. Technology impacts everything. It Mm -hmm. impacts everything. So.
0: Yeah, for me personally, like talking to Mark Fletcher back at Engage, which is in season 1, you can listen <laughs> to that episode, I drop a plug in there when he's talking about 911 and the bill that he helped pass, like that's like that's stuff that impacts us every single day. So like like you said, being able to connect that with real life things like wow, this is really such uh, a big deal. Um so we're almost we're almost at the time where we need to say goodbye, but uh, before we do, uh, I've got one more question for you. So say someone hasn't been uh, connected with IUG, this is their first introduction, they want to join. Uh, what advice would you give that person who's brand new or about to sign up?
1: I would say uh, start it step at a time. Um, it's definitely one of those things where you could read our menu of offerings and get a little overwhelmed. So I would say, I would say look at our you know current resources and start with one thing. So if you are thinking I really need this because I need to learn, okay, we'll start with the webinar, start there, do a few webinars. And then maybe you go to a chapter meeting and then maybe you look at getting involved as a volunteer. Maybe you look at going to conference. I would love to say, join everything and get involved and read everything at once. But I know that's just not realistic. So just start with one thing, figure out what is the one thing you need out of IUG and Maybe make a point to reference that once a week, once a month, whatever it is, and then slowly start ticking away at our benefits. And then by the end of the year, if you've tackled all of them and you have not advanced in your career or s- feel that you've been um, learning a lot professionally, then I would be absolutely shocked.
0: Right. And also, I would say if you made, if, like, if you did one thing and then planned on coming to engage, which is in Phoenix, Arizona, yeah, this upcoming year, great. 2020, um, then it's just a great time to meet other members and, and learn from them as well, like, especially if you don't have a community close to you. But we have a ton of communities, so look through the website, yeah. join up, yeah, get involved. Yeah, I think involved. we have
1: about 55 local chapters across the globe. Um, if there's not one near you, you know you can submit a form to see about us looking into starting a chapter. Um, but yeah, and coming to VIE Engage, our annual conference, that's that's where the most I keep saying light bulbs. But that's uh-huh. where all the light bulbs come So much, out. so yes. much electricity. So much electricity <laughs> happens at that event. Um, but but really, if if you have anything in your training budget or you know whatever whatever strings you can i would make that a priority i would start with one thing like we said just tackle one thing I on that membership time. list but then bigger picture if you've got that opportunity to come to via engage go ahead put it in your budget now february 2020 it's gonna be fire fire, fire. fire. <laughs>
0: Well, Mackenzie, thank you so much for making time to sit down and and chat about IUG and of we got to learn more about you, more about chapters. It's amazing. So thank you.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. No problem.
0: Me. And so in a little housekeeping at the end, if you made it this far, this is the last episode of season two. I'm the season and finale. You are the season finale. So um, I will say we'd be back, we'll be back in six weeks, but I'll be going on paternity leave very soon. But yes, we congrats. will be back. Thank you. Congrats, um, congrats. Thank you. Uh, we will be back. So keep your ears to the ground. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, IUG, International Avaya Users Group for more information. And yeah, thank you so much. And we'll see you then.